Hey there, and welcome to a special episode of Tech Swamp, The Deep End. In this episode, we're hopping in our legislative time machine with Caleb Williamson and Taylor Downs for a look back at what states were up to during their respective legislative sessions, followed by a future look into what Congress hopes to tackle this fall. From privacy and AI to TikTok, we're talking all things federal, state, and local tech policy. But before we get to that, we have my co-host here. Hey, Brad. Why, hello there. What's up? You know, I'm just membership chilling. What about you? Oh, you know, probably same old, same old. Okay, I, I like to hear that. Um, and as folks know, I'm Caitlin. Um, as all of our deep dive episodes go, we are not going to be wasting our time wading through tech history and headlines. We are jumping right into the depths of the swamp. So let's go. This episode, we're being joined by our state public policy counsel, Caleb Williamson, and our federal policy manager, Taylor Downs, to take a little journey in our legislative time machine. Caleb's here to take us back in time this year and highlight what states were up to in terms of tech policy before we take a little trip back in time. Caleb, can you explain why states are so crucial to our audience? You know, we often talk about how important it is to work with Congress and regulators in the EU and UK. But, you know, as a fellow former state ledge staffer, I feel like we need to do our state legislatures here in the U.S. some justice and really frame up, you know, how the size and the speed of governments at the state level make a huge difference when it comes to legislation crossing the finish line. Hey, and thanks for having me. So, yeah, I mean, it's extremely important to remember that states are doing what they do best. They are these legislators are going to be advocating for the people that live in their state, and they're going to have the most direct impact on the folks that live in their state. It's important to track and follow the developments on the state legislative side, mainly because states have to operate on a much shorter timeline than their federal counterparts. They are, some states are operating year round, but most states are operating on between 30, 60, 90, 120 days. And in those shorter time frames, they have to present legislation, go through the legislative process, and hopefully get a governor's signature. I think it's important that we engage in this space because for our members and for those with small businesses, they will be the most directly impacted by legislation that takes place at this level. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks for your insight. It almost sounds like uh, the state governments are like small business versions of the federal government. Oh, uh, I love right. what you did there. <laughs> Galaxy brain moment from Brad here. Um, <laughs> but anyways, let, let's talk policy now at the state level. Um, we saw some things take center stage in several states this past year, privacy being a big one of them. Uh, what were states up to when it came to state privacy, new, new laws and, and uh, proposed legislation? Sure. And yes, privacy was huge this year across the entire state. And dare I say this past year was the year of privacy, even though I may or may not be on record here saying this in previous years, but this year it rang true. Uh, So in 2023 alone, um, state legislators introduced hundreds of bills that focused on privacy. Um, Coming into the year, there were five states that had privacy bills. Uh, Those states were California, Colorado, Connecticut, Utah, and Virginia. 
and these privacy bills were comprehensive, meaning that they dealt with all facets of privacy. There wasn't just one silo that was just going to be covered by these bills. It covered everything. Privacy as it pertained to finances, as it pertained to uh, devices, as it pertained to education, anything, it covered it. And so, you know, this year was very interesting because that number has more than doubled. And now there are 12 states with comprehensive privacy bills. And this year alone, seven states, and this is almost unheard of, but seven states introduced and had these bills signed and enacted. And these states were Florida, Indiana, Iowa, Montana, Oregon, Tennessee, and Texas. So with those five states plus these seven, we're at 12. And and if I can add something on the side, I on Twitter, I sent out a poll to a bunch of privacy professionals. And I basically asked the question, do you think that we'll hit double digits this year? Almost everyone said no. So that right there shows how big of, an, how big of a deal this really is. Um, and so that was just only one aspect of privacy. I mean, you know, comprehensive is obviously very important, but we also saw privacy in other forms as well. So there were health privacy bills, comprehensive privacy bills, as we just talked about, but also children's privacy as well. And so, you know, if, if I may, and if I'm getting off track, please let me know. But if I may, I'm going to jump a little bit into the health privacy space. Um, and so there are three states this year that really did some groundbreaking work as it, as it related to health privacy, as it related to mobile devices and apps as well. And those three states were Washington State, Nevada, and Connecticut, with Washington State leading the charge with their My Health, My Data bill. And I believe in the show notes, we will include a piece that we wrote uh, talking about key takeaways from the My Health, My Data bill. And so, you know, this was just a year of privacy, not just comprehensive as we've seen in the past, but also health. And if we want, we can even dive a little bit further and talk a little bit about some of the children's privacy. Absolutely. That, that's a great seg. You know, I, I think it plays into an issue that we saw in a lot of states this year, which is uh, TikTok. There are definitely, definitely tendrils of children's privacy and kids' online safety within this issue being discussed. What do you have to say about the TikTok of it all? So this year, state lawmakers introduced and advanced several pieces of legislation that focused on kids' privacy online and also limiting how minors could use the internet. And while, while there were bills that were aiming to do this, there were also some bills that were just straight up banning certain apps and certain apps developed by certain developers for, in certain countries from being accessible in that state. And most notably, we saw that with the TikTok ban that was out in, I believe it was in Montana. And we saw other bills in other states introduce something similar. But all of this is just to showcase and to say that children's privacy is another area of privacy, dare I say another bucket when we think about privacy. And I would like to say for the record that I would, I would say that this is one way of thinking about it, right? That there are, there's privacy, but there are three buckets underneath. There's comprehensive, there's health, and there's children. And those were the three buckets that were extremely important 
and where all eyes were on this past legislative session at the state level. Absolutely. And I think it's like kind of worth noting TikTok was a super hot button topic because everyone knows what TikTok is. Um, and it was it was kind of an interesting way to see people start to understand and care about privacy in a way that they they might not have realized before. Um, well, Caleb, thank you so much for breaking that down for us. But you are not going anywhere. Uh, we are still going back into our legislative time machine plot twist to talk about some state priorities for 2024. So with that, Taylor, we are now turning to you to talk about what Congress has been up to before this August state work period, otherwise known as recess, which actually is a kind of fun and interesting little piece of history that we have talked about in previous episodes of the pod that will be in our show notes. But I want to talk about uh, what Congress is up to before they head out of town for their state work period, and then what they're going to be focused on this fall when they return after Labor Day. Absolutely. So earlier this summer, we saw Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer release 11 priorities that he had for the Senate between then and recess. And the one we are most excited about is definitely AI. Earlier this month, the Senate held its first classified briefing on AI, promising to hold AI insight forums in the coming months. Uh, This is part of the safe innovation framework for artificial intelligence, which is Senator Schumer's outline for how members of the Senate can, quote, advance American leadership in AI, harness its potential, and protect users from potential harms. So we're super excited to see leaders take on AI at this level, and we have to give a plug to our AI policy principles that Graham was talking about last month. You know, they're a great resource as we have plumbed our expertise on AI. We've also been developing them for the state level and also specific um, privacy or specific principles for uh, health privacy that are similar. So those are all really, really key pieces as we go forward. And if you didn't listen to that last episode, the AI principles are our extremely thoughtful list of recommendations for lawmakers as they begin to regulate AI. And these range from quality assurance and oversight to bias and transparency. And we're so excited to continue to take these to the Hill and work with members and their staff on this issue. I think it's a place that is really ripe for education. You know, everybody's really excited, really buzzing about AI but not everybody understands how they can best use it to improve their own lives, improve their work lives, improve the work that their member does. But also not everybody understands the right kinds of regulations that will really help responsible AI grow and flourish. You know, to pull something from a webinar that we hosted last week when we were talking about uh, barriers to trade, but I think the the idea is still connected here. You know, we had one of our panelists, Shane Tews, uh, at the American Enterprise Institute say, you're going to have the law department and not the engineers deciding what you move forward. And I really think that that worry is something that we see in AI as well. You know, if we don't take the time to really consider the types of frameworks that we want to have regulating AI, we're going to end up with lawyers and not innovators deciding where this technology goes. 
I know that that is a very scary thought for our members. So it's great to you can kind of put it in that context because when you think about a developer, it's so much easier to work with an engineer than complying with a legal department. That's just a side of business that that it's incredibly daunting to a small business developer. Yes, absolutely. You know, so AI is definitely one of those fun things that we're really excited to work on, but there's also some not so fun things going on on the Hill this uh, summer and fall. One of Senator Schumer's other priorities was tackling the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, which likely won't get worked out now until after the August recess. A few weeks ago, we saw the House pass the NDAA with a ton of amendments. I think they voted on over 300, ranging from standards to social issues. This isn't a bill like other bills. You know, if it and a couple of similar ones doesn't pass, it has the potential to shut down the government. Uh, And especially with the NDAA, that one has such a long history of bipartisan work. The senators and the members of the House that put that together are really proud. They have an over 60 year history of passing that bill on time every single year, which is frankly unheard of for any other piece of legislation. So we're, you know, certainly safe in saying that uh, members and senators will be hyper focused on the NDAA when they return after Labor Day. Fantastic. Thank you for that insight. Okay, Caleb, we got to let you ride shotgun in the time machine here as we end with your super forward looking predictions on the state pri- state priorities for the next legislative session. What are you thinking? Okay, well, I would be an absolute fool if I did not mirror what Taylor said when we talk about AI. I think AI is something that is going to not only be something that the feds or the federal government is looking at very seriously, but something that states are very keen and interested in engaging with as well. I know for a fact that last year there were a few working groups and task forces that were trying a lot that we're trying to convene as many industry voices from as many businesses and trade associations and groups whose members utilize AI in their in their products, in the work that they create, in the work that they do. And I know that that number is just only going to increase week after week, especially as we get closer to the legislative session. And I will say, I'll make a plug for the App Association. We welcome any opportunity to have a seat at the table to share our perspectives from our members who utilize AI in their in their daily functions um, to provide some insight into how we can thoughtfully uh, think about this subject matter as we move forward. Um, outside of AI, I know that we can expect more privacy legislation. And if I could pick two, if I could pick some buckets that I think privacy legislation will inevitably enhance, and dare I say, these buckets will overflow next year. I would say it would be in the health privacy bucket and the um, comprehensive privacy bucket. I think we saw hundreds of privacy bills this year. Seven comprehensive bills came out of the works, which is unprecedented. And I think that number will steadily increase. And lastly, I will say that, you know, if I could pick three, the third uh, look ahead that I would share is with antitrust and competition. Um, California recently formed an antitrust commission um, under their law review commission. And I think that other states may follow suit as well. 
we know that last year um, there were a few states in Minnesota and in, and New York who introduced antitrust-related legislation, competition-related legislation that primarily focused on abuse of dominance and what market share and what a monopoly is. And this is new because they are trying to create new definitions of what constitutes a monopoly, what cons constitutes a, mon a monopsony, and what percentage of market share could be considered at the state level, at the very least, as having uh, market control. And these are things that we definitely will be keeping an eye on. I'm giving myself some work right now, but I will say that there should be some blogs coming down the pike that will talk about this a little bit more once the legislative sessions begin. And I'm looking forward to being the state guy, <laughs> keeping busy and uh, making sure that I can keep people as informed as, as we can about all of the developments taking place. Absolutely. And thank you for that insight. I also have to reiterate our members' point of view here. Competition is the cornerstone of innovation in the global app economy. You know, small businesses become industry leaders by moving quickly to create life-changing products in a way that captivates consumers. In order to reach customers around the globe with these products, many small to medium-sized developers rely on the scale of large platforms to deliver their products securely. Lawmakers at the state and federal level should encourage competition through a restrained enforcement approach that respects the consumer benefits that platforms enable, while continuing to monitor tech-driven marketplaces to ensure competition produces optimal results. I think right now, when some of our folks come up with a new idea, they can pretty much get it in the hands of millions of consumers almost instantaneously with trust, built-in marketing, um, the like. And this allows them to innovate incredibly quickly. This was especially handy, I think, for startups when they had to pivot or make new products during the pandemic, which rendered a lot of business ideas uh, obsolete for the time, um, but also presented a lot of new business opportunities that they were able to take advantage of uh, through some of these uh, platforms. Absolutely. That is so worth noting. And I just have to say thank you so much to Caleb and Taylor for joining us as passengers on this legislative time machine. I feel like we got a super comprehensive understanding of what lawmakers across the U.S. are going to be prioritizing when it comes to legislation that could impact our members. And we seriously cannot wait to have both of y'all back. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you for having us. Okay, folks, that is it for our special episode of Tech Swamp the Deep End. If you heard anything on here that piqued your interest, head on over to our website and make your way to the podcast section. We'll have notes on today's episode that include links to all the good stuff. And we have transcripts available. You can find them in our show notes as well as on podscribe.com. Just search Tech Swamp. And of course, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And of course, we would love a rate review. Five stars, please. That's all for today, folks. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Tech Swamp. We're signing out. Bye. Bye.